The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Serving spiritual seekers around the world. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Rev. Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Rev. Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell, and I am the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple, where the Reverend Dr. Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister, and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the Founder. We're in the midst of uh, a new year. We've been doing some new things, and today's show is going to be a little bit different because uh, I'm going to start something that I'm going to periodically go back to throughout the year. I'm not going to teach you straight through. I was really kind of pondering uh, what I um, what I wanted to do, and I also have some guests lined up that'll be coming within the next you know month or so. So I was like, well, should I start a book and then not and then you know break it up or have these different people come on and talk about their stuff or just wait and not have any more guests and just teach straight through. So the idea that came to me was to teach something that I can kind of come back to back and forth as needed. So what I'm actually going to teach is uh, my um, my interpretation, which is key, my interpretation uh, off and on this week, not next week. I won't do a show next week. Um, uh, and then, you know, sporadically in March and April is uh, Neville's or Neville Goddard is his full name, but Neville's book, The Law and the Promise. Uh, I taught this book, uh, uh, the first chapter of this book at, uh, at, when I was the guest speaker at, uh, Bodie Spiritual Center. I think I taught it a couple of months ago. I don't even remember. It was, a, it was either January or December. I don't even remember because, you know, these lessons just kind of go. Uh, you, you, you teach a lesson, you do a workshop, and then you, your, your brain just moves on to the next thing. But I did a lesson called Imagining Creates Reality, and it really went over well. So what I want to do today is, first of all, I'll tell you that I'm going to be teaching sporadically through the book, The Law and the Promise, until I finish the book. Again, the book is Neville, N-E-V-I-L-L-E, uh, and the name of the book is The Law and the Promise. Now, why am I teaching this book? Because I think Neville has gotten a, a, a very strong resurgence of late. It seems as though that everybody's talking about, you know, Neville's concepts on metaphysics and mysticism and imagination. And, you know, he's so absolute, but at the same time, um, 
you know, he's one of the people who said who will tell you prove or used to say prove this stuff that I'm teaching you. I, I work it in my own life. So I wanted us to give give ourselves an opportunity to really work with his thought processes. But before we do that, since um, I want to kind of use Fillmore, a few Fillmore definitions to try to ground Neville into some so so you can springboard from him. So when I taught the lesson at, at uh, Bodie, I started with two definitions from from Fillmore before I actually went into the lesson. So I want to do that as well. So the book, The Law of the Promise, is primarily about how the imagination works. And that's important because for for Neville, his whole thing is imagination and the creative power of the mind, the creative power of consciousness and how do you form and shape in mind and how when you form and shape in mind through divine law expresses in your life. You know, so he was he literally believed imagining creates reality. So what I want to do with Fillmore is just give some baseline definitions before we actually jump into what Neville taught. So in a revealing word, uh, Charles Fillmore says that the imagination is the faculty of mind that images and forms the power to shape and form thought. And that's a powerful definition the faculty of mind which means that we have more than one faculty because it's a faculty of the mind the faculty of mind that images and forms the power to shape and form thought he also says through this faculty the formless takes form so when you start talking about shaping and forming thought that's a big definition it images and forms because then you have to ask yourself, what is thought? Now, I've taught this before on the show, but I don't want to have you have to go through many shows just to go back to find one definition. So let me give you the definition that Fillmore has that I like. And I, I use Fillmore because Fillmore's definitions a lot because one is my base, but two, I like them. They make sense. He says in the revealing word that thought is a product of thinking a mental vibration or impulse. So when he says that imagination is the power to shape and form thought, he's also saying that you're shaping and forming this mental vibration or impulse. You know, so you, and he says, talking about the thinking process, every thought clothes itself in a life form, according to the character given to it by the thinker. In other words, the form, the thought, expresses the thought, which is an effect of the thinking, then has an effect, is then a cause of another form, uh, of a form, not another form, but of a form. So in other words, you think the thinking produces a product. The product is thought. The thought then clothes itself in a form, or in other words, it manifests or expresses itself in alignment with the character of the thinker. So when we want to change things in the realm of form, the three-dimensional living that we all deal with, we have to get back to the thinking process because thought is the product of the thinking. And the thinking is just, as Fillmore said, it's just the imagination. It's the it's the power to image and form, the power to shape and form thought. I get that. The power to form and shape thought. Fillmore goes on to say that thinking is the formulating process of mind, the formulating. So he's giving us an opportunity to take a look at how the ability to think uh, is creative, is formative. I want you to get that. The ability to think is creative, is formative. To think is to shape and to form. To think is to image. When you have, uh, when you have a thought, you are imaging. Your feelings are the emotional energy that is the emotional energy wrapped around those thoughts, those images. 
You don't have images for things you don't have some at some level of image around, even if you can't formulate it properly. Somebody says, describe to me why you're afraid. I don't know. I just am. It's something that's in the soul, in that subconscious mind that's driving it. It's the same thing if you're confident. Well, why do some people just have that confidence? So when you start talking about dealing with Neville, which we're going to deal with shortly, we have to make sure that we are understanding what we're actually dealing with. He goes on to say, Fillmore, on the definition of image in the revealing word, that everything is mani- everything that was manifested was first a mental picture and was brought into expression by the forming power of the imagination. Yet again, I'll read it again. Everything that is manifested was first a mental picture and was brought into expression by the forming power of the imagination. So if we see it out here, it was originally an image in somebody's mind that had to play itself out. What we call technology is just the imaging faculty continuing to work through ideas, work with these ideas to bring expression into the world. Somebody said, you know what, I can use this, I can they start thinking and pondering and contemplating or had a vision or a revelation that this can be done like that. Sometimes they had the image of it before they had the processes, which is normally what happens. You'll get an image of something before you even get the process. How, how am I going to do it? But you'll get the revelation first. Fillmore goes on to say, each one of us must not only see the image of our desires as a theory, but we must also form it into a living, breathing thing through every motive and act. Again, each one of us must not only see the image of our desires as a theory, but we must also form it into a living, breathing thing through every motive and act. So I think I've laid a little bit of a foundation to jump into Neville because here's the thing. If you have never read Neville, his full name was Neville Goddard, who was quite the metaphysical and mystical teacher um, of the in the 20th century between the 30s and when he made his transition in 1972. And he was he, he's a deep dude. Ain't no other way for me to tell you this. So we're now in Neville in Neville's The Law and the Promise. And I'm reading from the edition that was printed um, you just said the law and the promise with the heart with a big eye on it in the front of it. And the seventh printing 2002 printer from divorce. So I don't know what version you may have. So when I call out the page numbers, I'm calling out the page numbers from the book that's in my hand. I don't know if there are other, obviously this is the seventh printing and I'm sure it's been printed again since then. So I can only deal with the print copy I have. Chapter one, the law. Imagining creates reality. So for Neville, the law, we talk talking about divine law. For him, he's saying the law, imagining creates reality. He wants to put it right out there, chapter one. And he quotes a poem from Blake, which states, man is all imagination. God is man and exists in us and we in him. The eternal body of man is the imagination. That is God himself so what he says in the book and i think this first paragraph says a lot about what he was seeking to accomplish when he wrote this book he states the purpose of the first portion of this book is to show through actual true stories how imagining creates reality so when you read the law of the promise he's actually uh, telling you stories about people who he's taught who have demonstrated his teachings about imagining creates reality. All right. Uh, so he goes on to say, science progresses by the way of hypothesis tentatively tested and afterwards accepted or rejected according to the facts of experience. The claim that imagining creates reality needs no more consideration than is allowed by science. It proves itself in performance. So he's basically saying that 
people have put the teaching to the test. And just like any scientist, and we're and, and, a, and a, a new thought student, um, uh, uh, a metaphysical student, should be a student, as Ernest Holmes would say, of the science of mind. The science of mind. So he's saying that the evidence proves the hypothesis. His hypothesis is imagining creates reality. Now he says, okay, now let me show you how that has actually been demonstrated in people's lives. So he goes on to say, the world in which we live is a world of imagination. In fact, life itself is an activity of imagining. Now, again, we're working with that concept that what is imagining? Shaping and forming. Shaping and forming. All right. So he goes on to say, nothing appears or continues in being by the power of its own. Events happen comparatively st- uh, events happen because comparatively stable imaginal activities created them and they continue in being only as long as they receive such support. So he says that we put things into play at this level of experience that support and express themselves. Fillmore would say it differently. He would say that that uh, thoughts have secondary thinking power, which that means once you put a, a a thought into form, it, it seeks to continually express itself until it's pulled back. So once you are actually thinking about a thing, the very act of thinking creates the process to where it kind of just works normally on automatic. That's why we have the habits that we have. That's why sometimes it's, it can be challenging for culture to change, for, you know, misogynistic beliefs to change, for racist beliefs to change, et cetera, et cetera, because these images have been put in a form and now they have to be retracted. Anyway, so he goes on to say, and uh, in the next paragraph, which is very powerful, when man solves the mystery of imagining, he will have discovered the secret of causation, and that is imagining creates reality. So he's saying it's a mystery. In other words, we haven't under- really understood what this power really means. And the secret of causation means that Anytime you want to see an effect, you have to have a cause. So if you really want to have certain experiences in your life, you have to get control of your ability to imagine. If imagining is creating reality, then what am I imaging in my mind? And what am, what type of, and Reverend Coleman would say, what type of thoughts are you holding in your mind? I could hear her saying, even in that cadence, what type of thoughts are you holding in your mind? And she would say it so strongly. Because she was trying to drill in our head. She was said also like this. In your, in, in your mind there's a camera. And it's taking pictures. And those images that we are holding is what we put the creative power. We, we utilize for the, with the creative power of the mind. So we have to be mindful of the type of pictures that we're holding in our minds. Because if she would say, I am the thinker who thinks the thought that makes the thing. Same same concept, imagining creates reality. It's saying the exact same thing. I am the thinker that thinks the thought that makes the thing. I am the thinker that thinks the thought that makes the thing. I am the thinker. That thinks the thought that makes the thing. Imagining creates reality. I am the thinker that thinks the thought that makes the thing. Imagining creates reality. Same concept. Same concept. 
looking up. We're about a minute out before uh, the break. So let me pause here for a moment to um, let you know that this show, along with all the other shows on Unity Online Radio, are supported by your donations. So as you freely give, freely receive, as you freely receive, freely give, click on the giving or donate button button at unity.fm to help support this online ministry. Not my show, all the shows. Uh, the the uh, This show has a Facebook page, Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Make sure that you like the page. Uh, write a five-star review about the page. I would greatly appreciate it. Um, also, it's the quickest way of getting in contact with me uh, through the inbox process. And, um, you know, if you are listening to the show on Stitcher or iTunes, make sure that you give it a five-star rating so it can be um, – you know, heard by more people. iTunes will, and Stitcher pushes it when it has a lot of high ratings. So with that, we'll take our first break and we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. Share the programs that inspire you most with audiences around the world? That's easier than ever with mobile giving. Just text Unity Radio to 72727 and help us continue offering spiritual programs that change lives. Someone once said there are two ways to get to the top of an oak tree. Climb the tree or plant an acorn and wait. If we expect changes to happen in our lives, we may want to consider climbing. Plus, changes needn't be monumental. Sometimes it's as easy as an attitude shift. Life is what we bring to it. Do you have a job that seems less than exciting? When you walk through the door, bring joy with you. Life looks better when viewed through a positive attitude. Are you facing a health challenge or surgery? Get rid of your fears by focusing instead on spirit working in and through you. When you remember that with God all things are possible, your outlook cannot help but change. Today, wherever you go, whatever you face, do so with joyous expectations. Release your inner splendor and allow the light and love of God to guide your way. This Mindful Moment is brought to you by Daily Word Magazine. Finding time for the positive reminders in Daily Word is easy with the digital edition, perfect for smartphones and readers on the go. Give it a test run with our 30-day free trial offer. Learn more at unityonlineradio.org slash dailyword. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. If you want to call into the show to ask a question or make a comment, uh, you can call in at 888-558-6489, 888-558-6489. also want to um, plug a couple of things uh, really quickly. Uh, Christ Universal Temple is in the midst of a series titled Fences, which is based upon the movie with uh, Denzel Washington. And it's on Reverend Wells is teaching on relationships, relationship between God and humanity, a person, person's relationship with themselves, a person's relationship with 
the intimate partner, you know, you know, spouse, et cetera, uh, relationships with that, you know, the parent child dynamic, uh, friends, work, et cetera, through the course of the four Sunday sermons and the breakthrough service, which is this Friday, the service we have once a month on the third Friday at seven o'clock. So if you are working with trying to get along better with people, especially if you're trying to get along better with the person that's uh, sleeping in the same bed with you, I would strongly suggest that you come out and check out this series because it can make a difference in your life. If you, But as Reverend Coleman would say, it works if you work it. Also, just for those in the Chicagoland area, I want to uh, let you all know that I have the part three to my plan. You'll plan your life in 90 days seminar which is on march 5th from 12 to 2 seminar is free open to the public the love offering will be received um come out check it out bring friends i'm telling you we're gonna we're, we're having a good time with these seminars um so i want to make sure that we give ourselves the best opportunity to plan our life goals not just goals life goals for 2017 and beyond and, and so we can make the impacts that we desire to make in our lives. Um, also, want to remind people that if you want more information about Christ Universal Temple, you can obviously like the Facebook page. You can go to uh, cutemple.org and sign up for the weekly e-blast. Um, we have a YouTube page on the CU Temple. So you can watch, uh, you know, archived sermons and music. Throughout the years of Christ Universal Temple, normally Reverend Wells' lesson is uh, Sunday lesson is put up within less than a week of him delivering it. So you can get the whole sermon. So if you want to see more about what Christ Universal Temple is doing, all you have to do is plug in. It's, it's, it's more than one way to do whatever needs to be done. Uh, finally, uh, the Panorama of Truth uh, conference for UFBL, which is our yearly conference, in all is in August, and you can get more information on that at uh, ufbl.org, or I'm sure they have information, at, uh, um, you know, in the Daily Inspiration for Better Living, which is our periodical, et cetera, et cetera. But this year we're in Jamaica, Montego Bay, at the Hyatt Ziva. And uh, it's it's a fantastic um, resort. We went there last year, not last year, in 2015, and people wanted to go back. So we're going back. And the resort is 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 really nice. I mean, I can't speak highly enough of it. Uh, I was just there for a site visit last month. And I can tell you that we're going to have a good time. So if you want to know more information about that, you can plug in or you can either you can also call the Johnny Coleman Institute to get more information about Panorama of Truth at uh, 773-568-1770, 773-568-1770, Johnny Coleman Institute. All right. So let's get back to the book, The Law and the Promise. So and I'm going to take my time because I'm going to teach this book on and off through the whole year. So, you know, you can you probably will have read this book several times by the time I'm finished with it, if you decide to get it or if you have it already, but you haven't picked it up in a while. So this gives you a little bit of time to play with it. Uh, uh, the next paragraph, I think, is is really. Uh, no, well, let me stay with the same paragraph. Second paragraph or first full paragraph on page 10. Neville wrote. Imagining creates reality. Therefore, the man who is aware of what he is imagining knows what he is creating. Let's stop right there. Imagining creates reality. Therefore, the man who is aware of what he is imagining knows what he is creating. Mm. Uh, so you can't have a life that outperforms your own consciousness. You can't have a life that outperforms the images that you hold in your own mind. You know, so we have to be mindful that you can't plant tomato seeds and expect watermelons. 
This is one of the reasons why spiritual practices are are promoted so heavily, especially in um, metaphysical teachings like New Thought, Unity, Science of Mind, Religious Science, now called Centers for Spiritual Living, Divine Science, or you know, or or you know, Universal Foundation for Better Living, which I'm a part of, or uh, you know, Goldsmith or Neville, you know. Emmett Fox people, Joseph Murphy, people who are more independent uh, writers. They were attached to movements, but I mean, you know, just saying independent writers because they realized that the prayer and the meditation and the critical thinking and the studying, all of that was helping shape and form your consciousness. And as you rise in consciousness, your ability to grasp and work with ideas and bring them into demonstration will be faster because you understand what you're doing. Emmett Fox has the most beautiful quote, in my opinion, in all of spirituality. There is no such thing as undemonstrated understanding. I've been playing with that quote for over 20 years. Still pondering the depth of it. There is no such thing as undemonstrated understanding. That which is mine in consciousness, that which I understand is already demonstrating itself. There's no such thing as undemonstrated understanding. So when a person says, I know this, I got this, and it's not showing up as a part of the demonstration, they're only showing you that they don't realize that they don't have it. They might partially have it. They might have, in other words, in pieces, they might comprehend bits and pieces of it. But that's similar to saying you know how to play basketball and you know how to pass. And you know how to dribble, but you don't know how to shoot. Can you play basketball? You don't know the rules of basketball, so uh, you don't know what goaltending is. You don't know what traveling means. You don't know what double dribble means. You don't know what a foul is, but you can dribble and pass do you know do you understand the game of basketball if you don't understand some of the fundamentals because when you understand it you just do it you automatically know why you're dribbling the ball i can't stop i can't hold it with two hands and put it back down and dribble again you know you just can't even though the nba is pushing this right now just pick up the ball uh, pick up your dribble and just take more than your allotted Two, they say it's one step and a pivot foot, which is really two steps. Um, so if you are taking three or four, then you're violating the principles of the game. If you try to block a shot and it's on its downward tra- trajectory, that's goaltending. That's not understanding the game. If you run it over the player or the, you're running over the pl- person who has the ball, that's a foul. It's understanding the principles that govern the game. You got to stay within the, the, the borders of the game. In other words, there's a, in basketball, there's a thing called out of bounds. You do anything out of bounds, it doesn't count. Well, do we really understand these spiritual principles to the point to where our understanding allows us to consistently demonstrate mastery? Consistently demonstrate mastery. Now, I'm not saying that that to get on anybody. The reason why I will not allow the statement, there's no such thing as undemonstrated understanding to get away from me, because it's my way of always course correcting myself. Because you can have a lot of intellectual information. In other words, you have the data. You can back it up. You can quote. You can state. You can argue. You can debate. But in new thought, the emphasis is what are you demonstrating? Yeah, this sounds all good and great. What are you demonstrating? i never forget years ago. Um. Uh, brother Les Brown, who's, you know, a member of Christ Universal Temple. Um, he was, you know, raised up here, taught metaphysics. He used those metaphysics, metaphysical teachings, new thought teachings that he learned 
at Christ Universal Temple and launched into a motivational career. But before he did that, he was trying to open centers for UFBL. And, um, you know, he said that when he first started, he was having a hard time getting people. And he had uh, eight people, I believe he said, in this when he when he first went out and he came back to Reverend Coleman in the meeting and said, why do I only have eight people? And this is what he said. And I heard it with my own ears. So this isn't secondhand. He, I heard him say this with my own ears. He said that Reverend Coleman, Reverend Johnny Coleman said to him, that's because you have, you only have eight people because you have an eight people consciousness. And it's like, oh, he said he felt like he was going to go under the table. But she was teaching divine law even then. Why do I only have eight people? Because you have an eight people consciousness. Now, when you substitute, why do I have eight people for the thing you have a problem with? That takes on a little bit more oomph because why am I dealing with because I have a whatever it is consciousness. Imagining creates reality. I am the thinker who thinks the thought that makes the thing. I can't outperform my consciousness. There's no such thing as undemonstrated understanding. See how it all flows? It all flows. You got eight people because you have an eight people consciousness. You make this amount of money because that's you have this amount of money consciousness. Mm, that stings, doesn't it? And until we deal with the totality of what that means. As Reverend Coleman would say, until you get your lesson, until you get your breakthrough, in other words, until you get your higher realization, she would say lesson. She said, you'd be stuck in that little third grade chair. In other words, stuck in the same classroom of whatever that experience is. Until you get the lesson so you can move on and move up. Life will keep you where your consciousness is. Even while you kick and scream and complain that you don't belong there. But where else can you belong but in the experience of your own consciousness? Where is Where else is there to be? So until you can see yourself out of something and then begin to speak yourself out of something and then have the corresponding actions to back up what you're thinking and seeing out of something, then again, it's not real. It's just complaints. It's like people who talk about what they want to do, but it's really just mental noise because in the subconscious mind, is the real beliefs, those images that have already been created and generated and have strong feeling that are, that's really keeping you, keeping me, keeping us, keeping them at a level that we won't get beyond. This is why Eric Butterworth talks about and discover the power within you. How these are obviously 19, early 1960s, uh, um, financial, um, uh, or job salaries. He said that um, I think on the same day or in a short period of time, two people came to him seeking jobs and uh, they both had been laid off. One person had a $5,000 job and the other person had a $25,000 job. Now, obviously, he's talking about late 50s, early 60s. Now, he said he prayed the same affirmation with them. Or realization of prosperity. Never put a total on it or anything of that nature. The same affirmation. The person, both people felt assured after they prayed with the minister. 
The person who had a $5,000 job went out and found another $5,000 job. The person who had a $25,000 job went out and found another $25,000 job. Same prayer. So what that really says is the, the limit is on the individual, not God. The same creative power found the $5,000 man who had a $5,000 consciousness a job and the $25,000 man who had a $25,000 consciousness, the same thing. If a person would have came in and he was a real estate investor who had who was making a million dollars a year and had a downturn and wouldn't have prayed with uh, Eric Butterworth and got the same affirmation, he would have just went out and five, found $1,000, million worth of sales. That's how it works. Imagining creates reality. Therefore, the man who is aware of what he is imagining knows what he is creating. Well, I just realized that it was time for the second break. So let me uh, stop and I'll be right back with Truth Transforms. Kintsugi is an ancient Japanese art form of fusing broken pottery pieces together by filling the cracks with gold. The resulting piece is not only restored and visually stunning, it also takes on a new life. Whatever has happened in the past, however broken we may feel, we can be whole again by filling our lives with the transformative power of God. Our experiences make us unique. The presence of God makes us whole. As Paul wrote in his letter to the Romans, be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you may discern what is the will of God what is good and acceptable and perfect. Remember, with God, all things are possible. This Mindful Moment is brought to you by Daily Word magazine. Finding time for the positive reminders in Daily Word is easy with the digital edition, perfect for smartphones and readers on the go. Take advantage of our 30-day free trial to the online magazine, plus a daily email with the Word for the Day and the Daily Word app. To sign up for a free 30-day trial, visit unityonlineradio.org slash dailyword. Have you ever considered that everything you think, say, and do is a prayer to the universe? What would your life be like if you activated the power of yes? Join Reverend Beverly Molander and her exciting guests on Affirmative Prayer, Activating the Power of Yes, to find out how they activated the power of yes in their lives, their communities, or even the world. If they can do it, you can too. Listen to Beverly Molander and her guests live every Monday at noon central, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Affirmative Prayer, Activating the Power of Yes. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You've been listening to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms. All right, welcome back to Truth Transforms. I'm teaching the book, The Law and the Promise. As I stated at the beginning of the show, I'm going to be teaching it sporadically through the year um, in, the midst, uh, in the midst of doing interviews with other people and some other things. I'll be coming back to this book over and over again because I want to take time and I want people to actually uh, – Play with it. Play with the concepts that are in this book, because I think that as you play with them, you'll discover a lot about yourself. So he goes on to say on page 10, still in the second paragraph, I mean, first full paragraph. An awakened imagination works with a purpose. I love that. An awakened imagination. So if we don't realize the power that's in imagination, then it's not awakened. So he says an awakened imagination works with a purpose. If you don't know who you are, if you don't know that you've been created in the image and likeness of God, not theoretically, but 
with a sense of knowing and the creative power, the creative capacity that goes along with being created in the image and likeness of God, then the imagination has not been awakened. So he goes on to say it creates and conserves the desirable and transforms or destroys the undesirable. Oh, I love that. It creates and conserves the desirable. That which I want in my life, it'll create or it'll conserve it. You know, keep it in my experience. Keep it the way it needs to be for me to have the healthy, happy, and prosperous life. And it says, and it transforms or destroys the undesirable. So, so that which is undesirable has to be transformed. In other words, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good and transform something that was undesirable into something that will benefit you or it will destroy it or eliminate it out of your life. You know, Reverend Coleman would say, go back to your nothingness. I was, you know, and I quote her a lot, obviously, because, you know, uh, in many, she was she was my teacher. <laughs> so in many ways, her way of explaining it was my first time hearing it. So I built the, the roots, which created the tree, which created the branches, which created the fruit out of what I originally heard. Now, Neville goes on to say, divine imagining and human imagining are not two powers at all, rather one. So there's no such thing as human imagination, what he's saying, and God imagination. It's all the same thing. And I know that thought in and of itself is really heavy because it rolls off the tongue easily. But to really have the concept that divine imagining and human imagining are not two powers at all, but the same thing, um, says that the creative capacity of God is in your mind. Now, he says the valid distinction which exists between the seeming two lies, not in the substance with which they operate, but in the degree of intensity of the operant power itself. Acting at high tension, an imaginal act is an immediate objective fact. So what he's saying is that the only difference between what we call divine imagining and human imagining is the is not in substance. In other words, it's not in the inherent power. It's in the user. So what he's saying is God knows that God is God. But human beings don't know that humankind is also God in expression. That's what he's really saying. Reverend Ike used to say, man staggers at his at his own divinity. It the thought of being a being divine or being a divine being is too much for people to think. What who am I? Uh, this, you seen the mistakes I've made, the 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 you know, the the life I've created, the things I've been through. How are you gonna tell me I'm divine? How are you gonna tell me that I'm God in expression? Well, I'm saying that because it has nothing to do with your human experience. It has everything to do with how God created you. God created you out of itself. With the creative capacity of itself. And God finds self-expression in its creation. We have to allow that to land. And maybe the reason why we're not doing what Jesus said when he said in the Gospel of John, these works I do, you can do, and even greater works. Maybe the reason why we don't do that is because at a deep level, we really don't believe what Jesus said. Because our self-image, 
Ah, imagining creates reality. Our self-image is limited to what we believe is possible for us as three-dimensional human beings. Jesus didn't exist in that paradigm. Therefore, what was possible for him was, uh, was way more than what's possible for the average person. And we find this with spiritual teachers in every area of the earth. That when a person reaches a certain level, then they can function as healers or demonstrators of abundance or bring or or, or become peace agents in the midst of people who are or who are in turmoil and chaos and fighting. And they when they step to the scene, a person who is even if it's a, a ruler of a nation. In the presence of this individual, it's peaceful and calm. Why? Because when you function at a certain level, you affect your atmosphere. That's why he says, acting at high tension, strong conviction, strong feeling, at high tension, an imaginal act is an immediate objective fact. This is how instantaneous healings happen. Because in the midst of a of a, a like, you know, prayer revival, healing service, where people are praising God and music and uh, and people are caught up in the feeling and they have expectation of what's possible or the people around them do, the subconscious mind can pick up on that idea with because it has such high intensity that it pushes through the barriers of the normal ways of thinking to create the possibility of health showing up as people getting over what we call uh, incurable diseases or incurable uh, incurable issues with their limbs and things of that nature or with ears and eyes or whatever. It pushes through. Because the vibration, spiritual vibration, is penetrating the hard, opaque levels of thinking that interfere with our creative capacity. But but see, but that's being done by blind faith. What Neville is teaching and what New Thought teaches in general is we have to have an understanding faith. So we can duplicate the process consistently and not have it happen by emotional happenstance. So he goes on to say, key low, an imaginal act is realized in a time process. So what he's actually saying again, if you can accept this, is that God at functioning through your imagination as your imagination is not limited to time and space. Therefore, anything that can be grasped with a high tension, in other words, a complete realization, happens now. Now is the only time you make a demonstration, whether you're working and preparing and praying and meditating and doing all this stuff. And it takes you 10 years to get to that that realization. The realization happens in the moment. And when the realization happens at a sufficient level, the demonstration has to happen. Why? Because there's no such thing as undemonstrated understanding. This is the hardcore truth. So what I'm going to do, because I'm going to stop here, is the next time I come back to this, I'm actually going to finish this chapter. I'm not even going to go any further because I want to take this bit by bit until we're done. And like I said before, sometimes I might do three or four in a row. Then I might stop and come back. The the book has how many chapters in this book? 14 chapters. Actually, excuse me. Yeah, yeah, 14 chapters, 15 chapters. I looked at it wrong. And therefore, over the course of the, 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 the year, I will cover these 15 and we'll play with it. And if it takes longer than 15, obviously it's going to take longer than 15 because some of these chapters I might do. I might teach it off and on for a while. 
as the spirit leads. So just get ready for the ride and let's do what we need to do. Um, there's a couple other things I want to say before we uh, wrap up for the day. We have about 45 seconds. Um, when when I was talking about earlier about make sure that you have the give the ratings on the Facebook page and the ratings on the uh, iTunes and the Stitcher, it's really important that those things happen because every time that's done, the iTunes and the Stitcher folks push those. Uh, episodes in the, into other people's awareness. We have to be intentional about shifting the consciousness of the world. And for those of us that are in the United States, the things that, um, you know, it, we have to work towards creating the space that, uh, demonstrates the harmony that we desire. It's a lot of people that have a lot of tension and a lot of frustration right now because you have situations and circumstances right now that are pulling on people. They're pulling on people's mental well-being. You have to be intentional about your truth and in your intentionality, seek to demonstrate not only for yourself, but for the world. So with that, God bless you. I will not have a show next week. So I'll be with you in two weeks with Truth Transforms. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple. It is the birthright of each and every one of us to live an awakened life. Most religions and spiritual traditions teach us that we need to adopt a certain belief system or follow some prescribed steps to attain a state of enlightenment. A long-held belief about awakening is that only a small number of people destined to become gurus or spiritual teachers can attain it. It is certainly true that until recent times, only a small number of people on the planet had attained this state of full self-realization. These saints, mystics, and spiritual masters were seen as special. They certainly were at the time. However, times are changing. This message was brought to you by T.J. Woodward, host of Awakened Living Radio. Learn more from T.J. on his weekly podcasts. Episodes are available on unityonlineradio.org, iTunes, and Google Play Music. It's been said that the way to build a peaceful world is one person at a time. Think about it. Haven't we all been in situations where one person's attitude, his or her state of mind and way of being, had a profound effect on everyone in the group? We may have seen times when the effect was negative, caused by gossip or backbiting. But we've all seen times where one person changed an environment in a positive way. By maintaining a friendly attitude of goodwill toward everyone, he or she gradually influenced more and more members of the group to do the same. Before long, the positive attitude became the norm. Peace began with one person. I look for opportunities to be that person. Peace can begin with me. To find a Unity Church near you, please visit our website at www.unity.org. truly understand the laws of the universe and live a life based on these profound and unwavering truths, then your dream life starts today. No more waiting, no more wandering. If you're ready to let go of the striving and move into the allowing, you're ready for everyday attraction on Unity Online Radio. We study the teaching of Abraham given to us by beautiful Esther Hicks so we can release confusion for clarity, exchange struggle for serenity, and have the time of our lives today. 
Join host Ray Zander every Friday at noon Central Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Unity Online Radio for Everyday Attraction, where the law of attraction gets real. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa, and I've been a medical intuitive for over 30 years. Let me help you find new ways to heal physical and emotional problems. Be a part of my Healthy Living Intuitively podcast studio audience every week. Follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mona Lisa fan page, and Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa One, to get that information. I answer audience questions, and you can learn from people calling in that might be dealing with the same things that you are. Follow Healthy Living Intuitively, part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network, and wherever you get your podcasts.